everybody, this is Brianna. So, it saddens me to say that this week we had to do another Gamergate episode. By now, you've probably heard about the events that thrust me into the national spotlight, and we talked about it, because how could we not? It would just be a huge elephant in the room. I will tell you straight up, the first 40 minutes of Isometric this week are an incredibly tough listen. These events didn't just affect me, they affected Steve, Maddie, Georgia. This is not a show with our usual conversational tone. And if you're listening for the first time, I want you to know this is not the usual show we put out. I also need to tell you, consider this episode to have a very strong trigger warning for rape, threats of death, bullying, language, and extreme harassment. I truly appreciate every single one of our listeners, and I want to tell you, it's okay if you want to skip the first part of this week's episode. In fact, I'm encouraging you to. This stuff is dark and horrible enough without you experiencing it right along with me. If you go to 40 Minutes In, you can just get to the second half of the show where we're discussing Bayonetta 2. I promise you, we will be back to our normal, fun-loving selves next week. And I really do appreciate you guys listening. Thank you. Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with uh, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, Brianna Wu, and this is the part of the show where I normally go, how are you doing, Bri? And Bri says, what's crackalacking? And then breaks some furniture. <laughs> and I will not do that this week, and I'll just I'll, I'll just say, hi, Bri. Hey, what's up? I, I'm not really in a furniture smashing mood. Well, you probably are, but <laughs> not, not for entertainment yeah, purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a very calm, calm, peaceful, peaceful week. Nothing much has gone on. It's been great. Yeah, I, I will say right now, if for those of you who are listening to this in the far future, we're recording this on October 16th, 2014, which is right after a uh, lot of unpleasantness. So if we're a little bit, uh, you know, more subdued. subdued than normal, you know, apologies. But I we are also here with assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? I'm doing okay. I'm glad we're doing the show. I feel like we start out a lot of episodes by saying we've had a really tough week, and it's always true, and we're not kidding. I just I just have started to notice that we keep doing that, and I, I, I also just want to quickly say that the timing of the founding of this podcast has been really weird, and yeah. it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, just... The series of events that have happened in video games for the past four months is really unusual in comparison to prior years. And we really started the show at an odd time. We've got a lot to talk about, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, let's start a video game podcast. That'll be fun. We can talk about <laughs> fun stuff every week and we'll have a great time. Yeah. It'll be light. Uh, so oh. <laughs> we also have senior editor for MyWord.com and host of the Vector podcast, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? Hola. Before we start, can I can I mention that um, I was at Singleton, 
Yeah, you met Serenity. I did. I have to say it was some of the coolest, nicest, kindest people at at the, the developer. It was just amazing. Singleton was so much fun. But I actually met a whole bunch of isometric fans, which was like the biggest treat for me. And I got so many people talking about all of you and how oh. much fun we have and how like like out of all of them I think that like half don't play video games they actually just listen to be a part of our madness wow yeah <laughs> yeah and they say that they love it and they everyone said that they had to start watching the show again from the beginning just to get all the insider jokes and that they absolutely loved it and then I got the biggest uh thrill for me so, <laughs> um um, Chuck Snyder came up to me and he's like, I am a fan of the show. And Georgia, can I ask you something really, really strange, which Im- immediately piqued my interest. <laughs> he said to me, Georgia, can you, can you draw me a hand turkey? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, so I, I guess people would expect that I'm actually good at this, but I've, 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 I'd only drawn one hand turkey before and I had to use the template at first. So I'm all excited because I'm like, this is my first hand turkey drawing I get to do. So I'm like trying to draw the hand turkey. It was, it's the most, um, I'm so sorry, Chuck. It was the most decrepit, not, it was the, uh, like, it, it's, it, he should show it on Twitter because it was the most sad looking hand turkey. I like have to apologize to him for this ugly hand turkey. Was it sad because it was poorly drawn or was it sad because it was had a frowny face? No, no, no. No, I tried to I tried to make it look like what my hand it didn't look like what the hand I don't know what it was. But I drew the panda hat and everything, but it was it it forgot I forgot its feet. Anyways, so I apologize. I apologize for that really sad hand turkey that I drew, but it was the the biggest thrill, so there we go. That was that was just awesome. You're, you're going to have like autograph signings where people are going to like just bring <laughs> like pieces of paper to you and expect right. you to do like yes. that's your autograph. You're going to be drawing right. hand turkeys that's at like a huge autograph though right. because it's the size of her hand. So she's just drawing on the entire piece of paper. Apparently, <laughs> well, yeah. like, even if there's text on there, she's that's just... what I did. I well, did. then she'll have room for her autograph in the middle of the hand turkey. I guess I, so. I, I, Georgia's going to be at some tech event, and there's going to be some gorgeous guy that's just going to take his shirt off, and he's going to be, like, ripped. And Georgia's just going to, like, put her hand on his chest with a giant Sharpie. Oh, my God. And then just do it right there. And, like, she's going to be touching the glistening abs. And then he's never going to wash his, his body again. It's going to be gross. I'm pretty sure all of the isometric fandas are, are hot guys. It would be like abs. gravy on the hand turkey. Oh, <laughs> it works out. It would just be the melting hand turkey. It would be like now a hand I turkey through like... because all the. me. <laughs> I'm leaving. Well, the cutest part is that I was talking to uh, Dan and, and Jason Snell, and I'm sitting talking to them. And so I see someone waiting to talk to them. So I, I ignore them because I'm, I'm still talking to Jason. But they were actually wanting to say that they loved Isometric. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't expect anyone to actually want to talk to me. So I apologize <laughs> for making you wait. But I didn't think you were wanting to. Because who would... Why would you want? It? So it was just kind oh, of funny. That's so cute. Yeah, it was. I well, I, I totally didn't expect it. So I was absolutely. It was very exciting. Did they make you laugh for them? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because because Jason was like, "Oh my God, I'm hearing George's oh. laugh in in person. This is so strange." <laughs> Which then made me laugh again, and it was awkward. Um, so <laughs> so I tried to stop. I tried to stop, yeah. You have people coming up with, like, bottles trying to bottle your laugh in, in real life. and Right, and then they yeah, hear it, and then the work. bottle breaks because of the, the well, damaging laugh I have. You know, like the fairies in Zelda. They'll just try to catch it in like, right. a net. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> right, if I get, you know, kidnapped, it's just, yeah. 
<laughs> Thanks. Or more like if, if somebody's on the brink of death, they just open the bottle yeah. and George's laugh revives them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that means there's a giant Georgia fairy under some cave somewhere. And she's just sitting there floating and you have I, to go to the... I'm yeah. okay as long as it's like Steve dressed in panda suit with little tiny tiny wings floating around. Then I'm okay. I feel, yeah, like Steve in the panda suit is Navi, but you get to be the actual fairy in yeah. the fountain. <laughs> right. Uh, at some point, Georgia, I am going to change my Twitter avatar to that panda, that panda in the top hat with the pipe that I tweeted at you this week. At some you point, tweeted that, that at me? So I didn't see that. Good oh my God, where's that? Week. I just realized something. I didn't get Steve. That. Yeah. Steve, we just sent out invitations for a Halloween party yeah. soon. So oh boy. you've got to come. I mean, come on. Come oh on, dude. It's when time is this to, Halloween party? It's time to man up and, and, panda and, up, and Steve. don the panda. I will I will see if I can have my mom knit me a hat in the, the intervening week and a half or something. No, no, that's that's not acceptable. I'm talking full <laughs> panda suit, full panda suit want... rental. You've got to go full panda. You got to go full panda. Got to go full panda. Full panda, panda go home. I'd probably throw yeah, up to, from the it's heat. It's time to panda up, Steve. Come on. We're, we've Where's had enough of your thing? half. Did you actually tweet it to me? Yeah, I don't only see this. I I will. I will tweet it to you at some point again. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. I see it. Yes, it's got a pipe and everything. Yeah, he looks a little scarier than I picture you in a panda suit, though. Well, you know, I am pretty scary. Steve sees (laughs) himself as very intimidating, whether or not that's accurate to how others see him. (laughs) Yes, I I am very confident in in my intimidation factor, Maddie. Absolutely. That's the one thing that's true about me. I can't really tell if you're kidding. I'm totally kidding. Okay. (laughs) I can give you some pointers. I'm sure you could. (laughs) Well, there aren't any pictures of me uh, trying to annihilate, uh, you know, a a time crisis machine. That's uh, true. That's true. I love that game. Oh, man. No, I'm looking at this, Steve. See, all we have to do is spend a mere $80. Oh, my God. Brie. Yeah. I have children who I have yeah. to feed. I have to pay for Kumon, Brie. I, I'm in. Okay, dude, I'm going to I'm going to buy You'll spend this. $60 on a video game, but you won't spend $80 right. on a panda yeah. suit? Well, that, yeah. that six... seems like your priorities are out of whack. I want like, You're not taking suit. the show seriously. <laughs> And you and just need fans. to prioritize isometric and the yeah. pandas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve, you are coming to the Halloween party and you're going full panda. <laughs> oh, now I have to be there. I mean, now I'm now sad. This is peer pressure. This I, is it's bullying right here. I know. Guys, I'm, if I'm you feeling were, very if you were listening to this show in the future, tweet at Steve, <laughs> hashtag the full panda. The full panda. Okay, there the we full go. panda. I want people to keep doing that for years into the future. If it's <laughs> yes. 2020 and you're listening to the show... Doesn't matter. Right. Twitter doesn't, doesn't matter. exist anymore. Right. You find whatever social media Steve is using at that time. <laughs> and tweet that. Hashtag it. That. Panda up or whatever. Panda up. I want one where Steve's face is there, though. I don't want him to be hidden. Yeah. Well, so that he, that's we know that he's actually inside. <laughs> right. He hasn't hired someone. I'll just, yeah, I'll just have... send, I'll send a stunt double. Well, no, Aww. we've got to know it's not some, you know, person in a panda suit impersonating Steve. Like, How terrifying to... would it be if a silent, completely masked panda suit just showed up to your party and we were like, is that Steve? Let's not play that game. Yeah, given the events of the last <laughs> yeah. week, yeah, I think bouncers would... Yeah, yeah right. I, I would say You'd no masks is probably a fair, a fair rule to have. Yeah. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Oh yeah. wow. This we need to link this costume in the show notes. This is not I a agree. good costume. This is not a good costume, not a good costume at all. Costume. Should wear. Send, send, 
Which one? This should be a horror movie. That's terrible. You've got Pennywise, who's the clown. We need Pandawise, the Mm -hmm. killer panda. And there needs to be a movie about Pandawise. I want to watch that movie. Oh my gosh, we should talk about video games. We should talk about video games. Well, (laughs) three. How are video games going? (laughs) Have you had a lot of time to play some video games, Brie? Just. How's it going there? Um, I have not done that this week. Yeah. Really? Why? Why would that be? From, you know, being chased from my home by death threats and rape threats. Um, you know, it's kind of been a busy week for me. Um, yeah, Steve, I hope you brought some questions. Let's just get right into it um, in case. Yeah. By some freaking miracle, you haven't looked at CBS, BBC, CNN, <laughs> Re- MSNBC, ABC, NBC, Guardian, Exo Jane, Washington Post... Vice. BuzzFeed. I, I actually expect to open up my closet and I expect Brie to be there. Yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere. You cannot go in. You are everywhere. You are speaking out, like writing articles and doing um, interviews everywhere. Yep. So, Brie, I have a question though. Did any gaming websites ask you to? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, pol- I did see you, you had Polygon a quote in Kotaku. Kotaku. Yep. Yeah. And that piece in Kotaku was – I was really Super, impressed with that, yeah, with that piece. Yeah. I, I gained yeah. a lot of respect for Kotaku over the past I week. did too, and Stephen Totillo. So. so, Steve, why don't you just give people some background? Because I've told this story 800 times this week. <laughs> don't you have like a cliff note now, Bree? You've done it so many times. You must be able to do it in like – Long story short, if you listen to the if you listen to the show last week, you, you were kind of there on Thursday, which was the yeah. day all of this stuff kind of started to break. So, long story short, a fan of Isometric who I've talked to quite a bit at this point because <laughs> he feels so bad sent me a meme with some of my tweets, uh, and you know I tweeted them out. Uh, it was basically making fun of gamer gators. And, you know, this was spinning out of control when we recorded our show last Thursday. I took a Twitter break. I was scared because, you know, 8chan does what 8chan does. And um, by Friday, on Friday evening, I came back and I was like, look, I'm not getting bullied by you guys and go F yourselves, basically. Um, and that pissed them off. You know, then they started investigating me. They started investigating my husband. They started investigating my company. And I'm sitting there watching the 8chan chat room as they're investigating me. And I I just feel it going sideways. From there, you know, basically 8chan doxes me. Uh, If you don't know what doxing is, it's when you kind of report on, you know, where someone lives. And you give some identifying factors to, you know, identify them in the real world. Um, and then literally about maybe two, three, four, five minutes after that, I get, I get these tweets. Um, guess what? B, you know, B word. I know where you live. You and Frank live at, it gives my address. I've got K bar and I'm coming to your house so I can shove it up your ugly feminist C word. Going to rape your filthy something until you bleed then choke you to death with your husband's tiny Asian, you know, insert name for parts. How's that for terrifying you stuck up C word? I'm sick of you effing feminist something. Your mutilated corpse will be on the front page of Jezebel tomorrow. And there isn't Jack 
some word you can do about it. If you have any kids, they're going to die too. I don't give a F. They'll grow up to be feminists anyway. I hope you enjoy your last moments alive on Earth. You did nothing worthwhile with your life. You made a blank game. Nobody liked. That's it. And no one will care if you die. When you die. So, you know, that's... Yeah, the sad part of my job is I'm I'm scarily used to death and rape threats at this point. But um yeah, with that and the the mob on 8chan that was um going after me, I, I very obviously didn't feel safe sleeping at my house. So um I called the police and I basically packed a bag and got out of here. So um my life has kind of been turned upside down since then. And you know what's what's very sad is they did this to intimidate me and to mm-hmm. shut me up. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I came back the next day. Um, you know, I tweeted what they said to me and it went mega viral beyond anything I ever would have guessed. Um, Will Wheaton and Scalzi and other people, you know, tweeting it, it it got a lot of play. So I'm in this really surreal situation where I'm like abandoning my house for fear that I'm going to be murdered. I've got 8chan going after me, um, you know, with this mob mentality. And, you know, it starts to pick up in the press. And, you know, first Kotaku writes about it. Polygon starts to write about it. Recode starts to write about it and starts, you know, picking up steam. So it's it's going through the games journalism press. Something Maddie and I have criticized the press repeatedly is choosing to ignore Gamergate. You know, what I chose to do, you know, I'm really angry at this point about this movement. In July, they took out my friend Samantha. They ran the same playbook on her. They harassed her on Twitter. They threatened her. They investigated her life. They tried to dig up dirt on her. They tried to discredit her professionally. You attack, 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 attack. And I was pissed when that happened. Yeah, then they did it to Zoe. They did it to Jen Frank. They did it to Maddie Bryce. They've done it to Lee Alexander. They, you know, uh, they called a terror threat against Anita Sarkeesian. Like this person literally threatened to shoot up an entire university over Gamergate. So I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed, and I'm tired of these people bullying the women in this field that I care so much about. And yeah, I. You know, it's so hard this week because I've been so afraid for my life. And they're doing the same playbook on me. You know, they're they're trying to discredit me professionally. They're impersonating me on Twitter. They tried to to they tried to hack the financial assets of Giant Space Cat. They, you know, they've gone through and they've come up with malicious lies about my life with burner email accounts and they're shopping these around to journalists in the game development field to discredit me. It's a full on war on me right now. And through all that, I knew that we had to stop these people. And so, you know, the major press started calling me and, I somehow got the strength within me to like go down there and go on MSNBC and talk about what's been happening to women in this field. And I've told CNN, I've told The Guardian, and MSNBC and ABC and NBC and Vice and, you know, the BBC and just about any media you can think about. I've been talking to, begging, 
people to understand what's happening to women in this field. And I feel like we're finally starting to turn it around, but it's come at a massive personal cost to me. <laughs> yeah, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm so disappointed at the men in this field that they let it get to this point because they don't give a crap about us. It has only been shame that has made them finally wake up and start talking about what's happening to us. I'm so angry about that. So I'm hurt this week. I'm pissed off. I do my best I can to stop this because it cannot continue like this. It can't. I'm about to lose my mind. Maddie, are you about to lose your mind? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been crying a lot, honestly. I have. And I mean, you made me start crying a little just now, but it's okay. I, I hear you. I hear you. And I mean, I'm really angry, too. I feel like a lot of journalists failed us yeah. for the yeah. past couple months. And I felt like they failed back when the Samantha thing happened. And I, I did some research recently because that happened in July before Gamergate. Some people attacked my friends, Smith <laughs> Allen and me. And I looked all of them up because I wanted to know if they were all pro Gamergate now. And they are. A lot of them have had their accounts suspended, but the few that are left are all unanimously Gamergate supporters now. So so to me, that was like proof, like, okay, like the people who had been misogynistic to me in the past and to my friend in the past are are the same people now. And it's it's like something that keeps happening. And And I think that these these journalists and these guys, these developers or people who have sort of social capital, social power, you, you know what I'm saying? They yeah. the guys don't think that they need to say anything. They think they can just sit back and wait for it to blow over because they're they feel like it doesn't really affect them and and taking a stance is a big risk for them. But honestly, the risk that we are facing is so much higher and we don't have the choice to opt out. Like we don't get mm -hmm. to say, Oh, I'm just going to stay back from this. I'm, I'm not involved in it because I've been dragged into it when I don't have anything to do with any of these things. I mean, I, I just, people decided that I was their enemy based on nothing. And, and other than me being a woman who thinks it'd be cool if video games had more women in them. I mean, like that's, that's not, something that should be a war i don't i don't think but it is to these these people and i i just think that these guys who are afraid of speaking up have no idea what the stakes are yeah yeah and i've noticed that some people have sort of come on board because of you brianna because you yeah. have done a really excellent job this week i just i've been yeah. so impressed with you because You've been continuing to do these these articles and do these TV appearances, and you've just blown me away because I know how hard that is. Like, I've only been on NPR once, and it was still really stressful for me. I've never been on TV, but doing a live interview is tough, and you've been doing it over and over, and you're doing it about your own personal life, not just video game harassment in general, which is the kind of thing I've done before, just talking about that. You've been doing it about your own story, and that's really, really hard, and I just, I want to commend you. And I think that some of these guys have stepped up, like 
you took Giant Bomb to task when you were on MSNBC. And then like a few hours later, Giant Bomb did a story about you. I don't know if those things are related or not, but they did finally cover the story. But they didn't cover the story any other time before that. No. And honestly, that is pathetic. It's just, it's, it's pathetic to me. And I, like, it's great if people are finally doing it now, but. I had to risk my entire career, my entire life, my sanity, my mm. life, my safety, my mental health. I don't even want to think about how much therapy I'm going to need when this is over. I had to risk everything, my professional reputation, my company's financial assets, my worrying that every single relationship I have in this field going forward, that there's going to be gossip and lies about me. I've risked everything. And I'm just, I'm tired of hearing from men in this field how tough it is. I don't ever want to hear that again. I want them to man up. Well, you know, I really appreciate it. And I know how hollow that sounds, but I'm serious because watching you talk about this and like just watching people on Twitter who have actually spoken up about it. Like one of my Twitter friends, Verandir Jabal started a Twitter hashtags called stop Gamergate 2014. Oh, really? Yeah. He started it and it's, it actually ended up trending worldwide within 24 hours. And so a lot of people have continued to use that hashtag and it's been really cool to see people actually directly talking about the problem as it actually is, as opposed to just sidestepping it and being like, well, we all know harassment is bad. Anyone who harasses anyone, not that I'm naming names here. Like, it's just so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, we can all agree harassment's bad, dude. <laughs> try to try to be a little more specific next right, time. Right, right. It's just... I don't know. Having that hashtag kind of gave a lot of people the courage to be able to speak out without having to use the Gamergate hashtag, which is just exhausting for any yep. normal human to have to deal with because they they just have these people who are camping on it that will just overwhelm you with with the the sea lions like yeah. from that sea lion co- um comic. We should link I- that comic in the show notes. Somebody made a comic. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. Just read it. It's yeah. funny. We'll, we'll See, I it. think they're bots. I think some of them are just, I don't know. I don't even know if I think that anymore. I can't tell how many of them are real. I can't tell how many of them are legit. It doesn't even matter, you know? It doesn't matter because they're still wasting my time and they're still trying to drain my energy and they're still actively telling me they're trying to get me to quit. Like, yeah to my face and I won't. So I know that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Anyway, there was an article that analyzed like how many followers like Adam Baldwin and yeah, Milo, yeah. I can't pronounce his I saw last that name, too. got and and did the math on it, which and it came out to something like somewhere between like 10 and 15,000 people, which is cool Which comfort. is a lot. It's still so. a lot when they're all, you know, directed at you all at the same time or or they're making sock puppets to make themselves seem amplified, but it's I mean, hopefully there's a way out of this and hopefully without, you know, something tragic happening. I'm and I mean, not, it yeah. seems like that at least 
public opinion is is turning on them and they've been exposed for what they are but they're not stopping unfortunately I, I i feel Three. like anita has been fighting this battle for two years yeah by herself lar- largely and i did speak to her this week i feel like zoe you know i'm i'm not gonna say zoe's my best friend in the whole world but i know her after this last week and if I had empathy for her before I have every part of my heart and soul goes out to that woman right now, like really understanding personally what she's been going through for two months and just talking to her. Cause it's been so much worse for her than me. I, I didn't have my sex life opened up to you know, obliquely for the world. Um, you know, I'm in a frankly better financial situation. You know, just my heart goes out to her, and it, it just couldn't anymore. So, oh, I don't know. I, I wanted to commend you, Bree, because I saw um, a couple of your tweets where you reached out to people that were heading or in Gamergate, and I, you were, you said, "Listen, we can be the heroes, and we can like stop this and help show people a better way, and we can have a common discourse." And I was so impressed after all of the immense amount of harassment and hatred and vile behavior that was shown towards you that you really were able to take a step back and say, you know, we can, you know, make a difference and show people that we don't have to act like uh, inhumane animals. We can do something better. And I know that 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 didn't come to fruition and and different things happened, but I have to say, like, I don't even understand that kind of courage and class to be able to do that after everything that you were going through. I, I think that that's just really amazing. I, I want this to stop. And I mean, if I could talk to these people and have a civil discourse, I would I'd do it right now. Um, you know, but and the truth is, you know, I don't mind saying Adam Baldwin, I had a really big blow up with him on Twitter. I tried to reach out to him with diplomacy. It didn't work. Nira tried to reach out to him with diplomacy. That didn't work. Um, so, you know, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I think with those particular people, they're not interested in peace. They're interested in war. And um, let me tell you a story, Georgia. When I was, um, I think I was about 12 years old, I grew up in Mississippi. I went to church every single week, sometimes two, three times a week. And, um, you know, my church, we had a church camp and there was this one boy named Stuart who had, you know, he hit puberty and gotten gigantic and he loved taunting me because, you know, I was extremely nerdy child. I would just sit there and I, I didn't have any social skills and, you know, get in my face and, you know, pull my hair and taunt me and yell at me and all of that. And I just ignored it. I ignored it. I ignored it. I ignored it. I ignored it. And we went on this church trip. And I remember lying there on the floor. I was actually watching, I think it was Golden Girls, Maddie. And, um, <laughs> yeah. The show's so good, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and Stuart came over and got in my face. And, you know, he's down there. He's taunting me and all of that. And I picked my leg up from laying on the floor. And I kicked him in the face as hard as I could. And blood just sprayed everywhere from his nose. This is the only time in my entire life I've struck anyone. And, you know, he screamed and he hollered and he ran off. 
and he whined. And you know, the church pastor came to me later and said, I think you were right to do what you did. And Stuart never bothered me again after that point. Mm-hmm. And I sadly think that's where we are with these people, that I think we have to stand up to them because hiding isn't working. No. Trying to reason with them isn't working. And yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not going to like, you know, amplify my own, my own works here. I mean, I want to be really clear. I think Anita and Zoe have paid a far deeper price than I have Zoe in particular. But what I'm proud of is standing up this week. I do think I changed the conversation on this personally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm hoping when the history books are written about Gamergate, when there's a book that comes out years later, this, the console wars of this era, you know, I feel like I stood tall and I, I I fought a battle and I won it. I'm I'm really proud of that because I I I could not. Yeah. I really, I really do because I think that that's, it's it's a horrific thing, but you know I think that you're also really poised in what you did and really honest about, you know your own feelings and thoughts. And I think that that's really hard to do, yeah. um, you know. And it's hard because like watching you go through that, like the, you know when it feels so powerless, um, you know. And when you know when I was at Singleton and there's a lot of people saying, you know, like you know how, you know how is Brie and and we feel for it, but like no one really knows what you're going through but you because. You know, you're the one that's really in the thick of it, you know, along with some other women that are also in the thick of it. And only, you know, you really understand are those that are going through it with you. And my my hats are really off to you for doing so much. Uh, really proud. I, I, I don't think I could have lived with myself if I didn't do this this week. And that's the thing. Like, it's, I just, I can't. I think about, you know, Maddie, I'm not as close to Samantha as you are, but I think about her every single day and what they did to her. And I am, that was in July and my hands still shake. I'm so upset about that. And I just, I really mean it this far, no further. I'm done. So. I'm still upset about it too. I, I mean, I know that she quit. And much like when Jen Frank quit games, they kept harassing her. People are harassing Samantha to this day. And she has taken down a lot of contact info and places and taken down articles and deleted things and tried her best to remove herself from the gaming part of the Internet. And people have still tried to harass her over the fact that she used to be a game critic. I mean... You can't even really leave, which is absurd. I I, I don't know what to do about that either. It, th- I don't have any way to console yeah. anybody on this, which is really yeah. tough because I, feel I feel like a lot of people are yeah. coming to me and being like, well, how should I feel about this? I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And I, I'm, I don't have an answer. So, I mean, I don't know, Brie, what do you say when people come to you and they tell you that they're scared? Or that they don't know what to do. I mean, do you tell... I What I say is that I, I don't have an answer. And I hate having to say that, but I don't. I don't know when this is going to end. I, I lie. I lie and I tell them it's going to get better, even though I don't know that it is. Because I think sometimes hope is... I think sometimes the hope that it's going to get better, you know, can like lead us to actually get there. So I lie and I say it's going to get better. Yeah. 
Okay. It's hard to believe sometimes, though, and yeah. I I don't know. I've gone up and down about it this week specifically. I mean, not that I haven't already been really upset about all of this, but really this week I have thought several times, this is just what it is now. Yeah. This is my Twitter now. This is how people are now. This is how people react to everything I write from now on. This is it. I don't know if I agree with that. I um, hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that if enough people speak up and and let it be known that this is not okay, because the unfortunate thing when people are in a group think, which is you know what happens when you have a group of people that have one mindset and they become polarized to everything else, is that they're not seeing through a honest lens. And so you end up with like this hive mindset that's kind of like the Borg and, and you're just trying to, to take over and you're not really seeing things. And often you need to have, you know, another set to say, listen, there can be a better way. You don't have to go like act this way. And, you know, and maybe your, you know, your views are not really about these things and about these things. And is this the best way to actually, you know, what do you want to get from this? And are you doing that or are you causing more harm than, than any good to what you're pseudo theory of what you're upset about in the first place is and so I think that it is really important that people you know speak up and and protect those that are going through horrible things um, so that they know that when they're supported they're not alone because I think that that's also a horrible feeling is to feel that you're alone and no one's gonna be there with you and you know you can't really you know, I can't really protect you, Brie, but I definitely can say that I stand with you and I'm yeah, here. And if you need to, to talk or to, you know, whatever else, you're you're not alone in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and I've told you that privately and I'll tell you that here that, you know, you, you are not alone in this. And you're like you. the strongest person that I've ever met yeah. to be going <laughs> through this and, and still be standing. And I guess the only thing that, that I've been thinking about this a lot, too. And I guess the only thing that I can think of as far as like array of hope is that there was a remember that summer a couple years ago when everybody was getting ddos by anonymous or or lull what was it lulsec or whatever yeah, yeah and it seemed like that was going to be the way things were going to be from now on that just nobody no nobody's data was safe and every company was going to get attacked like this and hacked and and have their passwords released and eventually they found a couple of the guys who were behind this and brought them and, and arrested them and prosecuted them. And then everybody else scattered. Right. And there's still some of that stuff that happens, but not on the scale that it was happening that, that few months. And I'm, I'm just hoping that there's enough attention on this now. And, you know, with it being on the front page of the New York times and with it being on, on MSNBC and on CBS this morning and on all the radio shows and on all the all the major news outlets that hopefully there will be enough attention to this that they'll be able to do the same thing and i think that if a couple people have to face charges for this oh yeah then i once there's accountability and there mm-hmm. and it's not yes. Something that they can just do and know that they're going to be able to get away with it with no mm-hmm. consequences. Mm-hmm. That it'll, I'm, I'm hoping that that will quiet down significantly. And yeah, hopefully, I, with yeah. all the attention that you're bringing to this, hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later, and and we can get back to yelling about Nintendo again. 
Yeah, that would right. be great. Right. But you're right, though. Anonymity definitely breeds, like, you know, you, you end up not being accountable to what you say. And that's dangerous in any, you know, and, and they, they say that they're talking about journalistic ethics. Well, that is really dangerous because if you are not accountable for what you do, then everyone ends up becoming a little bit more jerky when there's no, when, when it's anonymous. We don't think about consequences. We go a little bit too crazy. We go too far. And so I think that that's another one of the dangers. So I think that you're absolutely right, Steve. There needs to be accountability for people's yeah. actions so that we can think twice before we do, you know, stupidity. I, yeah. I can say this. I can't talk about ongoing investigation. I can tell you multiple branches of law enforcement are working with me. I can tell you, uh, I can tell you I feel good about that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let, we're 40 minutes, so we need to take a break and then we can, if you want to okay. talk more, Brie, we can talk about that or we can, I'm, you know, I'm done. Okay. I'm done. We are we are brought to you this week by Squarespace. Uh, you've heard us talk about Squarespace before, but we have big news. They just came out with the new version, Squarespace 7. Uh, they made Squarespace 7 even more simple and easy while retaining the power and complexity of Squarespace. Your website is easier to navigate and operate. The platform's more all-in-one. Squarespace 7 has all the powerful features from Squarespace 6 and one seamless experience. They've uncluttered your, your workspace, simplified the whole website-making process by letting you add content and customize your design all in one window. You're going to spend even less time building the site, more time doing what you love, and for a free trial and 10% off, you can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code isometric. Uh, there are some great new features in Squarespace 7, like hover pages. Uh, sometimes you just need a simple page to communicate your personal brand, promote a new product, or announce your latest album. With cover pages, you get all the power of Squarespace on a beautiful page. Squarespace also partnered with Getty Images to bring you Getty Images integration. You can get access to over 40 million professional stock photographs that ordinarily cost hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars per image. But now you can get them for just $10 an image. Uh, they've also got new tastemaker templates now. Squarespace is working with cool musicians, artists, architects, and chefs to develop new templates that cater to each profession. Uh, use the same designs as the world's most influential people, then customize them to make them your own. If you want to see Squarespace in action, we're not going to do a big thing like we've done the last couple times that we've talked about Squarespace. For obvious reasons, but if you do want to see Squarespace in action, go to fandas.biz, which is our fan art. We have some of the things that we did for when we had Georgia photoshopped into all kinds of things, and uh, you can buy a couple of uh, things. We will have more stuff. We'll have I, more I'm stuff. Sorry, I've been yeah, bad. It's George, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, Georgia's been neglecting the site, so we apologize. Sorry, I'm going to put up the fan art and stuff too. Yeah. But I'm also learning how to use it, so I I want to like I sit down and I enjoy trying to to do all the new cool stuff that they have. So I'm I'm kind of excited now. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Actually, it looks super cool. I just updated <laughs> my site, which is maddiemyers.net if you want to go to it. And now I'm looking at the new back end and it's very pretty. I like it. So yeah, cool. So go get started with free trial, no credit card required and start building your website today. So when you sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10% off and show your support for the show. So thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of 5x5 and isometric. Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. If you want a little Squarespace anecdote, by the way, I really appreciate how easy Squarespace makes it for me to delete and moderate comments on my own personal blog, which is a big deal for me. And also I can move pages on and off the front page just by dragging and dropping them, which is really great because if I want to make something go away, I can do that. So if you're like me and you are really worried about moderating your own website, Squarespace is a really good choice for that specific use. 
All right. So should we try to talk about a happier topic for a few minutes? Yeah. So, Maddie, did you play uh, anything that may have started with Bay and ended with Oh, my God. Did you? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. How did did she wrote Brie in five seconds flat? Um... Or make Brie incredibly jealous. Tell me it's everything jealous. I hoped it would be. It is! Yes! I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, I kind of wanted to give it a 10. But I don't wow. believe in perfection. That said, <laughs> this game is really close to perfection. So that that is actually a 10 then? Well, yeah. I mean, the entire game, you can play it with the Pro Controller. It's a, only it's a Wii U exclusive. And you can play it with the Pro Controller. I don't own a Pro Controller. I, I wish I did. I just I just don't. So I played all of it with the gamepad, which is not bad. I, I said in the review, there is only one, one level where you're flying a plane and it's sort of flight sim-esque. And just the way that the controls are set up for that with the gamepad, it really didn't work. And honestly, I don't know that they would have worked with the, the Pro Controller either. I, I, I just don't know that that level worked that well. But... So so I docked half a point for that because it was a whole chapter that was like that. So w- that's not great. But the entire rest of the game, honestly, it's so good. It's so good. And if you like the first Bayonetta, this is more of the same, but in the best way. I just, I, I can't gush about it enough. I managed to be coherent in the review, which <laughs> you can read, but I just love it so much. Huh. <laughs> so, so I have a few questions. It's like a mega, 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 mega. No, no, no. I know. I know. You're going to grill me and I'm probably not going to know all of your trivia. No, no, no. <laughs> There's a test, Maddie. I want to know, did they stop that horrible thing where they do cutscenes where they would just freeze the models and put up the film strip over it and then just like move they the camera They don't animate around? people talking. I don't know why they don't do that in Bayonetta. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they don't do that, but they that's it's the same in this game as it was in the prior. Uh, game. I'm sorry. I I'm used to it now. I'm like we this make is it part of to it. break her furniture. Unacceptable. Yet. It's very strange because sometimes they do cutscenes where people do talk, and I'm just like, why did you decide not to do that for these scenes? But I've kind of accepted it as a very unusual stylistic choice because they still in in this game there's sort of a a ticking clock thing that happens. I mean, that sort of happens in the prior game. So they do a lot of the stylized clock ticking motions and sort of film strip iconography, but I would say more clock imagery rather than film strips this time around in terms of just the the juxtaposition of the different images that they use in the cutscenes. But I mean, I I really liked the story, so I kind of didn't notice, you know, because I was so uh-huh. glued to it. And I, I collected every single piece of lore in the world. I read every journal. I am into the Bayonetta story. And I mean, a lot of other people's reviews, they said they didn't understand the story or they don't care about it, whatever. That's what? that's fine. But I care about the story and I read all the journal entries. So I get it. And I can explain it to people who don't understand it. So there. You would think that journalists <laughs> would take the mythos of Bayonetta more seriously. I mean, that's, that's you should... <laughs> Well, you should pay attention to that, right? Yeah, I mean, I you would think so. Well, but anyway, there there was a lot of controversy about the first Bayonetta when it came out. I've been thinking back on that a lot because that game actually came out in 2009, which is pre-feminism, Maddie. So I remember <laughs> looking at the ads for that game like during my 
pre-feminism Counter-Strike days and being like, what is the deal with this goofball game? Like, what is this? Why is this woman like this? But also kind of questioning it at the time and being like, what is what is this in, in the sense that I have always wanted to play as a woman in these kinds of games, but what will that mean? And so I remember the first Bayonetta coming about during a time when there weren't that many women writing about games. And I remember Lee Alexander wrote this piece about the first Bayonetta that she has recently republished on her blog because the the place that she wrote it for went out of business, GamePro, I think. Huh. And so she republished it because so many people have been asking for it. And she's she also wrote, like, this is the 2010 version of Lee that was not a feminist yet. So so I think I think Bayonetta symbolized a lot for women who are writing about games and playing games in 2010. Yeah. Because it was sort of a sea change moment. Like a lot of sites started becoming popular in 2010, like the Border House and feministgamers.com and just a lot of those spaces started becoming prominent during that time and Bayonetta kind of came around at an interesting time. And I mean, there's there are obviously a lot of disagreements about whether or not she's empowering. I like I know Anita Sarkeesian doesn't agree with me about this. She doesn't like Bayonetta, but you know what? Anita and I are, are buds. It's fine. Like people disagree about this is fine. Yep. Um, but I personally relate to her, and I get that not everybody does. But for me, Bayonetta is sort of symbolic of where games are at on this in a weird way, and the fact that Bayonetta Two is coming out now is is weird and coincidental yeah. <laughs> but getting to play this game because i got my review code like thursday night which was yeah. the same night that we did the show and then afterwards i went and installed it i went to bed and then i woke up and played it and then played for the rest of the weekend and then wrote my review and turned it in late sunday night so that was what i was doing the entire weekend while brie was navigating the hellscape that is gamergate so I was playing Bayonetta 2 and checking in, obviously, on the internet. And just, like, the experience of playing Bayonetta 2 was so incredible during that time. Oh. Because Bayonetta does not... I know we can't swear on this show, but she does not take sh from anyone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, that experience, getting to be that character, yeah. I think was so important oh my god when does this when is this released the 24th oh, so i know i'm really <laughs> sorry but it's gonna be but the great. demo the demo is out now you could download the demo, the demo is in the out meantime now, so people can i just break into maddie's house and steal her wii u no I mean, i'm someone else it still. <laughs> i condone that. i was i was like i should really lend my wii u to brie because it's on my hard drive but then i was like then i would have to stop playing it though oh so i'm a bad friend is yeah, the moral yeah, here. <laughs> so so maddie can i ask you this because i know we talked about this a little bit is yeah am i gonna enjoy this on any level I don't know. I mean, it is, it's difficult. And I think it might be difficult in the way that you don't like, because you have to learn combos. It's basically, I mean, I know we've talked about this before. It's basically Devil May Cry. Yeah, yeah. And how did yeah. you feel about Devil May Cry? I played through it on easy and I tolerated it. Okay. You're going to have a tough time with this you're, game. You're not going to like this. If I'm, if I'm going to be frustrated through the game and having to learn, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a hard time. I don't know that it's frustrating. I mean, I don't. I, I found the combat to be pretty intuitive, but also I 
probably play more fighting games than Steve does. Yeah, Georgia. you do. You, yeah. I know you play some though. So I do play some. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I play know. some too, but I've never been able to successfully like execute a combo on purpose. I would say that in Bayonetta, the right. more important thing <laughs> is timing a dodge, and that's one button. Yep. Yeah. So you're you need to dodge a lot in this game, and if you just get really good at predicting at that when that attack is going to connect, and you dodge right in time. That is going to save you. You don't necessarily need to know all the combos. You can just use specials or pick up enemy weapons and just kind of use the, the big power moves. But if you can dodge, then you're going to make it. You'll be yeah. fine. So that's basically like the combat in Shadow of Mordor where... Yeah. I don't know because I haven't played that. But right, yeah, but probably. they throw up like a button when somebody's going to attack you and then you just no, have to well, It's not like a quick time event though. It's yeah. something you have to No, this time. isn't a quick time event either. It you just kind of throws that it. up as like a a Signal. indicator that somebody's about to smack you in the head and you just need to press that button to to counter it. Smack Maybe. I mean, if, with <laughs> this, it's all real time and there's no indication yeah. that that's necessarily what you have to do. But there are many enemy types and you learn what each of their attack patterns look like and, it, and you decide what you're going to do. And I mean, I remember Brie was talking when she was designing her game about how that's actually a pretty accessible way to design a game. And... I mean, that might be another part of why women enjoy Bayonetta for better or for worse is because a lot of the combat is based on timing as opposed to memorizing. Like you can memorize combos if you want to, and it it definitely helps to to have a few in your back pocket that you know are going to work. But honestly, it's it's more timing. And I really enjoyed getting better and better at that as the game went along. I mean, there were still fights that were really hard, but... The game just looks incredible, which is part of what saves that, I think. So even when a fight is really frustrating, it's there's so many cool-looking and well-designed boss fights in this game where you're just flying around or jumping around and doing different dynamic changes in scenery and action per fight. I just can't believe how many different types of boss fights they designed. I was really blown away by that aspect of it. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I mean, the story kept me guessing. I love the voice actors for this. The little kid voice actor, I could really take or leave. But everybody else is the same voice actors as before. And I love the characters. So honestly, I, I just, it's like my game. It's like they made a game with me in mind is how it felt. It was like everything that I've been asking for in the sense that like Bayonetta is an older character in this. She's very experienced. She is like in control of her sexuality and there ga- there's part of the games that that that's about her wanting to have sex with people and she like has this sort of on again off again relationship with Luca and like sort of this sort of chemistry even maybe with her best friend John I mean I know there's a lot of slash freak about that and like those relationships are definitely played up but in a way that I think is empowering and really cool you just spoiled that Luca is back I'm so disappointed. Oh my I'm god! I'm sorry. You also spoiled that there's another really afterburner early. section. So, well, Brie, yeah. Yeah. maybe. Oh. Yeah, oh. You shouldn't have Does asked me to talk about this game. Does this game have which time? Does this game have? Yes. Don't yes. tell me. Don't tell me. Just oh, wait. Just wow. get rid of. Get rid of all Why the are other. You asking me questions <laughs> and then being angry when I answer. She's too them. excited. <laughs> She's too excited. You can't. You can't hold her to that. Okay. Well, Brie. In the first five minutes, Bayonetta dies, obviously. Okay. Everyone knows that. And then you okay. play the rest of the game as Luca, and it's really empowering. So okay. that's my recommendation. That sounds like a really bad game. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds unacceptable. 
you I know, hearing you hearing you describe it, it sounds more like "Remember Me" than "Devil May Cry." Yeah, it's very kind similar. Of, it's yeah. like what I wanted "Remember Me" to be, but "Remember Me" was not this game. Because I actually yeah. liked "Remember Me." I liked "Remember Me" okay, but the combat I I thought had a lot of problems. I agree. Which which almost made it unplayable at points for me. I and I am a person who is very patient with badly designed fighting game combat games but remember me was really pushing my limits but anyway i still recommend the game because i i enjoyed enough of it that i tell people that they should play it but but it's tough so i would actually compare this game to killer is dead except that killer is dead is terrible but i feel (laughs) like i feel like this game is trying like this is what killer is dead was trying to be because if anybody played Killer is dead or, or even if they just watched the trailer for it it's a grasshopper game it's a 51 game it's same guy that made lollipop chainsaw which is a game also has is sort of like the thematic opposite to lollipop chainsaw i'd say both bayonetta games are killer is dead is an ensemble game that has sort of the same type of humor as lollipop chainsaw but it's like oh these people are all friends but they fight supernatural enemies together and i would say that bayonetta 2 really capitalizes on that by having sort of a oh this group of people they all know each other they have a certain dynamic but the difference is that in bayonetta 2 i actually thought the jokes were funny i actually thought the story was compelling i didn't have to sit through a whole bunch of sexist crap which frankly killer is dead did make me do yeah so i mean and i and i've been comparing this game to lollipop chainsaw a lot because like that's a comparison that i've been seeing people make and i went back and dug up my old review of lollipop chainsaw which is one of the last games i reviewed before the phoenix went out of business um and i just panned it i hate that game which is another game where you play as a woman who who fights in a sort of supernatural fashion so you'd think that'd be my 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 game yeah i thought that game could have been awesome i mean it really had the potential like what was her name juliet yeah juliet starling but the reason why i hated it was because and i remembered this when i looked back at my review the other characters in the game are constantly making fun of juliet they're constantly insulting her the enemies tuck down to her they call her slurs they call her a slut they call her the b-word and so on and like enemies swear at her i mean she's constantly being taken down enough and she as a character reacts she's a high school girl so she's very insecure and that's i i found the game to be realistic in a way that was kind of unsettling because i was like oh i remember being in high school and feeling terrible about myself and having other people at school say terrible things to me this game isn't funny this is just sad and and like as as a person who had had the experience of being a young woman growing up i was unable to find that game funny or to be an escape fantasy and also you're supposed to think juliet is sexy so that didn't work for me either bayonetta is like the opposite of that because i'm sorry i'm just going on and on but i'm not done (laughs) bayonetta is the opposite of that because nobody insults bayonetta and gets away with it first of all second of all she's in charge of every single relationship that she's in she calls the shots she is like the dominatrix if you want to think about it in a sexy way that's absolutely what's happening but also even in any non-sexual relationship that she has she's in charge she's calling the shots she's the boss nobody's even questioning it because they're terrified of her and they respect her power and that is so cool to be able to play a game with that power fantasy specifically amazing okay i'm done (laughs) (laughs) so maddie you're saying you liked it 
I did like it. Okay. I thought it was bit, pretty right? good. Yeah. Does, does your hand hurt when you play it for extended periods of time? Because the Wii U, oh, you use that Pro Controller or whatever. Thing. No, no, no. I Honestly, it didn't. The only time when my hand really hurt was that plain level that I was talking about. Okay. Um, my hand really started to cramp up at that point. But I played it for hours on Friday and Saturday, and I was fine. So... No worries. I'd say you're okay. good to go. Great. <laughs> but Great. I do I do recommend trying out that pro controller. I'm I'm gonna get one. I just have a feeling it's gonna be more comfortable. But also I did like that you could continue playing on the gamepad if you've got somebody else who wants to use the TV for a bit, you can actually play the entire game on the gamepad as well. Huh, so cool. Yeah, I've been cool. doing that a lot for Hyrule Warriors and I I it's hate n- that game. <laughs> I hate that game. I, I've hit a wall with it and Okay. Let's talk about that. I wanna All hear right. about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I was I wasn't actually going to talk about it this week, but uh, we can we can talk about it a little. So bit. wait, can I can go I say go this? right so, ahead, please? Yeah, please go right. Where, have where, some where, magic what, what have you been playing show. this week, Bree? Well, I didn't play anything. Well, okay. So. I know. What have you been playing last week, Bree? Yeah. What did I play last Thursday after the show? So, yeah. Um, yeah. I I actually after I bought Hyrule Warriors, I uh, texted my friend um, Alexa who reviewed it for Polygon, and I'm like. I really wish I'd listened to you. His game is not good. (laughs) Yeah, it's just freaking awful. I mean, it's one combo over and over and over again. The objectives are boring. It doesn't really fit the Zelda universe very well. Um, I do like the aesthetic of Princess uh, Zelda. Like, she's kind of armored up and kind of cool, which makes me surprised with the people that developed it. I found the the fairy is very unsettling. Like, you know, we were talking the Georgia fairy that will restore your life earlier in the show. Well, in Hyrule Warriors, the Georgia fairy has ridiculously large boobs and is just really, really, really uncomfortable to look at. Um, And it's hard on her back. Yeah, I mean, I have well, she's floating, so you you assume everything floats. Yeah, she's floats. using levitation powers oh. to prevent back strain. Everyone knows that. that right? Mean, Come on, Georgia. I should have figured that out. Don't you know the Sorry. Hyrule Fairy? Yeah, I do. Georgia. It seems like you don't know anything about video games. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know boob dynamics on video games that well, but I'm learning. Okay. Okay. I don't know anything about them either. Bree's the only one who knows about that. Here. That, that game sucks. That game flat out sucks. By the time that you get to Zelda, you're pretty much done with the game. I, I hit a wall with it, too. And it's like, you know what, what frustrates the hell out of me is... Opening up peanut butter. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, thought it was, I thought that was like a game show. I was just trying to get the first oh, answer okay. in. All, all right. Yeah, wasn't that right? Yeah. It was wrong? Okay. Well, that too. But what frustrates me, and we talked about this with Shadow of Mordor, and I think this is a, a theme with me, is when... I fail arbitrarily for something that is out of my control. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just remembering everyone tra- say I. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> the, pro- the the problem the problem with Hyrule Warriors and this is and now I'm remembering why I hated Di- the Dynasty Warriors games is because you have your other guys who if they just decide to give up then you're done and and you fail the mission. And if you happen to not get back to them fast enough or whatever, and they just, they take too much damage and they can't defend themselves, even though they have the same number of powers that your character does, and they can do all the same things that you can, if they decide that their morale's gotten too low, then you just insta-fail, and it's frustrating. And that happened to me a few times, and it's just like, these missions are so long, and then you fail for something that is not even like you failing, 
It's not in your control. And it's not really in your control. I mean, it is because you should have gone back and gotten to them. But if you're all the way across the map, it's not really feasible. Right. And after that, I'm just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm done. It gives you that feeling of learned helplessness, right? Yeah. Like no yeah. matter what you do, if they're like sad, it's it's almost like playing um, when when I play Star Fox and you're like Slippy and they're like, you know, oh, Fox. I mean, I'm like, oh, God, Slippy, just learn. Like, shouldn't you by now know how to fight? You're like out of the four people. We have four people. There's only there's four of us, right? And you got like Falco's talking trash to you and then you're like constantly defending Slippy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let him die. Like, like I don't need you, wow. Slippy. Whoa. You're sorry. I got a little it's, slippy no, anger. It's fair. It's legit. I mean, you know, <laughs> Slippy has been skating by a deadbeat for Why far have, too long. Right. And it's it's long time that somebody called him out for it. I think so. You know, when they're like, I don't know anything about Star oh, Fox. I don't even know if Slippy's a guy. Slippy's a guy. Enemy. All right, good. Everyone in Star Fox is a guy. Of course they are. No, you're probably right. I, I made a I made a safe assumption. Slippy there. could be a girl. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Slippy's know. a guy. I was kind of hoping Slippy was a girl, but you, you can know write into the show at feedback at isometricshow.com and tell us your opinions on Slippy's gender. We, we, we did the same thing for Yoshi. No. So send us your fan fiction with alt <laughs> genders for all the Star Fox characters, and I'll read that. Okay, I'm not interested in anything else that kind of sounds awesome i I really want that (laughs) i I think that would cheer me up i I want want i would read barrel roll slash sent to me this week (laughs) i i I want slippy i want slippy to get the barrel roll done (laughs) that slippy has long dreamed of he's been he's been asking for it He's been asking for it. Slippy likes the barrel roll. Uh, (laughs) Did you guys know that there is a Star Fox costume in Bayonetta 2? Bayonetta wears a Star Fox Oh no, she wears those horrible outfits of Princess Peach and it's so freaking disturbing. It's It's like nightmare fuel. I didn't get the Princess Peach one because it's too weird, but I did get the various suit and that was pretty fun. That's acceptable. But uh, yeah, I liked Peach, it. Like, I didn't buy that one. Yeah. I mean, they're also like, they cost a ton of in-game money. Oh, it's just in-game money? You don't have to pay real money for it? Oh, no. Okay. They don't have that option. You... Oh, this is Nintendo. Yeah, forget that. Yeah, but I mean, there's some ways to get money if you want it. Like the multiplayer, you can you can get a lot more money than just running around the world smashing barrels. Yeah, so if people play the multiplayer, they can totally afford the various suit pretty early on if they want that. And I did. <laughs> I totally get that. I totally get that. Maddie. Anyway, she has a Star Fox outfit too, which I, yeah. It's like the automatic one that you get when you get the Nintendo pack and then you have to buy the very suit in addition. And I do not know why they picked the Star Fox as the default one that you get because it is weird. Because then you'll buy, you'll spend the money for the others because. And it's not like Star Fox is like a super popular character. Yeah, anyway. it seems like a weird choice. It sounds right? like a weird. It does sound like a strange choice because it's not like it's like he's got a hot suit or anything or like you know. No, but yeah. and she's just wearing yeah. like a modified version of it. Like she looks like she's going to a fur con because she's just wearing little little fox ears and a foxtail. She's not wearing. Oh, that's like kind of a... cute though. It is know. cute. That is it is cute, cute, but it's weird because she'll be in a cutscene and people will be talking to her as though nothing is weird when <laughs> she's wearing fox ears. And it's really, I mean, Bayonetta is already really great. silly. That's, that's very consistent with the Bayonetta universe. I feel. It is I like incredible that. that they went to the trouble to make sure that in every cutscene, even the ones that aren't animated where they're just doing the pans over people's faces, she is wearing... The suit, the Star Fox suit. She's wearing oh, whatever outfit you put her in. That's for each great. Of those. And changing her facial expression, like they did it. They did all of it. It's pretty impressive. Anyway, Bandit Two is good. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking about buying it. 
Are you thinking about you're, buying it? I think you're thinking sold about it. it. You thinking about you know, it? You, somebody, if anybody, maybe you knows might get a it. Way to get Brie a code for Bayonetta two. She deserves <laughs> oh it. Oh my god! So I'm just send oh that my out. god! That's, yes. That sounds like the perfect thing. Yes. yes. Brie, could you? That'll that would that maybe make you feel a little happier this, this week? This is this has been a week of hell. If I got Bayonetta two and like a code like this weekend. Like, I'm really attitude. A, this is I know I'm not even making sense. We're not asking anybody to buy it, but if somebody no. could get a pre-release, a pre-release code because I've already got it pre-ordered. What's it's really frustrating because like right now I woke up this morning and I'm like I am done to impress. I have just three interviews today. <laughs> you there was a there was the hottest picture of you by the way, Brie, yeah. like by a video game standing. Like yeah. that was like the most awesome picture. I just had to say that. That was so sweet looking. Thank you. Thank you. Um yeah, well that that article came out. Can I just say yesterday was awful because I I did I had two TV interviews yesterday. And TV interviews are exhausting. And then I came back and I did a thing with the BBC at 11.30 at night. And then I wrote a Washington Post op-ed that's a thousand words. And then I did that Exo Jane piece and then went to bed about four in the morning. And then woke up this morning and did PBS. So unless press keeps pouring in and, you know, like I'm obviously going to stay on the offensive. If it does, I really just want to sit on the couch at my non-disclosed location and play, (laughs) you know, Play yeah. video games this week. You're going to be like on Sesame Street next. Like, I'm just, you're going to be everywhere. If you get to meet the Muppets, I want to be there. I'm, that's all I ask. Have I ever <laughs> talked about my deep, deep, deep love for Cookie Monster? Thanks. See, I think this, I think the stuffed animals that you like or the characters that you like mirror your personality. So think about Cookie Monster. <laughs> like, Cookie Monster is a go getter. Cookie Monster <laughs> knows, he knows what he likes. And he's very honest about it. <laughs> and, you know, Cookie Monster gets stuff done. He does get stuff and done. That's, that's why I love Cookie Monster because Cookie Monster is a, a creature of pure glee. <laughs> and Cookie Monster takes no shame in what Cookie Monster loves to do. And that is why, like, are you kidding me? Grover hey. needs to GTFO. I'm sorry. <laughs> Grover is a wet blanket. Grover, Grover's a little bit reserved. Everybody Grover's, knows Grover's a wet blanket. We all yeah. know that. Bert, Bert has a hand up his butt. He's a little bit, wow. he's like not, Whoa. you know. He's, oh, yeah. now he's we're dissing Bert and Ernie? Yeah. Oh, the claws yeah, are Bert, out now. Bert, he's, I have a he's big, not, he's, yeah. he's not, you know. I don't, I don't like think Bert. I have a favorite Bert Sesame needs Street a character. new Muppet character introduced. It's a therapist named Georgia to come <laughs> in and figure out what's wrong with Bert. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a Muppet version of Georgia tomorrow. <laughs> it would be Muppet. It would be. It would be. That would be great. Come on, what color Muppet would Georgia be? Like she'd have a huge mouth for her. Her laugh. Orange. Just, I think what? orange with purple hair. Maybe lavender. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe a lavender, lavender Muppet with a big nice. mouth. Well, my favorite Muppet. I'm gonna say what my favorite on on Sesame Street. I have I have the favorite are those those little tiny creatures that they really are, which is bad. A big mouth and they just go yip 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 yip. Oh yeah, car, the yip yips. Car, car. Yes, I love them. They crack me up. I don't know why. They. I think they're just hilarious. I like Murray, but th- he's probably after the time that any of you would have watched Sesame Street. So he's he's kind of a newer character, and he's got a a lamb friend that speaks Spanish. <gasps> La- I lo- that sounds good. Yeah. The lamb so, friend cute. sounds cute, but so the segment is called Murray had a little lamb. Okay, of so. course it is. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, so it's cute. so Maddie, who's your favorite Muppet? What Muppet most 
strike um, something within you. I really liked Rolf when I saw the Muppet movie because yeah. he plays the piano, and yeah. that was always a big deal. I mean, I oh, played I piano like too, Rolf. so I like Rolf a lot. I like Kermit. I was never a huge Miss Piggy person, but I think that's just because when I was a kid, I would eschew anything feminine. Mm-hmm. But but today, I, I appreciate what Miss Piggy stands for. I like evil Kermit. <laughs> oh, oh, Constantine? You're yeah. talking about like when he loses his memory. Um, no, I'm talking about from the last uh, from the last movie, last Muppet movie. You get oh, evil Kermit. Well, I haven't yeah. seen it. I haven't seen the post Henson Muppet movies. Oh no! Oh, you Maddie. need to go see. You need to go I've see. Seen Treasure I've seen Treasure. I've seen Muppets Most Wanted. I've seen oh, Treasure Island, which is a post Henson one, but that's the only one. Listen, I don't know that those ones are going to be good. But oh, I'm they're very good. They're very good. They're very Which good. Which ones do you recommend? The new ones. The, the yeah. Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted are both excellent. And I've seen the see brand new Muppets, but I don't really remember it. Is that what you're talking about? The brand, the one brand with, new The one, one with the guy from How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. And then I, the Nothing new one. about that yeah. one really stood out to me, but I guess really? there was an evil Kermit wow. in it that I don't remember. No, no, no. no the no, the evil Kermit was in Muppets Most Wanted. You guys need to make me a flowchart. <laughs> you guys just see them. Take a we'll, look. We'll them. do it. We'll make up a. We'll make up an image in MS Paint and send it to you. It'll the be only fun. ones that are super important to me are the first two because those are the two Henson ones. So that's those are the ones I saw in my youth. But I'm happy to watch other Muppet movies. I will take your suggestions on the, Twitter. The wonderful the thing about the Muppet movies is they made me feel less dead inside. That's like, good, that right? Was, right. That was, yeah. yeah. Whatever it takes, you know. Yeah, you know. No, yeah. it, it's like it hit this pure joy spot in my my soul, and it, it put me in touch with like this this kid version of myself. That's not really, you know, like it's it's hard to get in touch with that kid as an adult. And I don't know. It was just it was really magical. Like, especially when you haven't really seen these characters that much in all, you know, in a long time. So Right, right. So it taps back into a, yeah. a time when things were simple and Twitter didn't exist. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other humans didn't matter and, then you know, Muppets. They have to bring back the Muppet show. They the should. Muppet show is so good. I have all three seasons of that on DVD and my kids were addicted to it for a while. And that that's, was like the best time so ever. That's good. Yeah. That's it good. still holds up. It's still very, very good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Is yeah, my husband. Yeah. This is still the show. <laughs> Welcome to the Muppet Show, a show where we talk about Muppets. Right. That's what this is now. Frank hates it when I call him Beaker. I love Beaker. No, because he's a scientist. I love Beaker. Frank is a scientist, and he's not Dr. Honeydew. Like give Beaker's that amazing. He's not, he's not Dr. Honeydew. Oh, Beaker's amazing. That's the that's perfect. Oh yes, he's yeah. adorable. Beaker, right, yeah, perfect. Exactly. He should be honored by that. Oh, yes. I like how he has to either be Dr. Honeydew or Beaker. There's no situation where he isn't a Muppet. Well, what Muppet be... do you think is Frank? I don't know. Animal? Apparently, Beaker. Frank seems <laughs> Frank seems cute and funny like Beaker. I like that. What could be better than Beaker? Beaker's like just. Internationally Not loved. everybody has a corresponding Muppet. No, everyone has. <laughs> Everyone's going to have okay. We are going to have to have everyone on Twitter find our corresponding Muppet. Yeah, it's been, it's right? been a while since we made everybody on Twitter vote yeah. on which character we, should, we are That's from what we thing. should do. Okay. The Muppets. Which of the Muppets of any of the Muppets, Fraggle Rock, whatever it might be. Right. Oh, not which Fraggle one Rock. Are don't on. include Fraggle Rock. No, not that I don't on. like Fraggle Rock. I just don't want to complicate things too much. Yeah. So it would include <laughs> Sesame Street and the Muppets? Okay, Sesame yes. Street and the Muppet Show. Fair? Okay. Fair. Yeah. Tell us which we will, and then we'll we'll have like a little Photoshop. We'll put us all together, which whichever one yeah, was most a great voted fan for. Fan art inspiration. I you love can, it. You can draw Steve as Grover or whatever. Yeah, 
Yeah. No. No. I want to tell all our fans out there, if you vote on any of us being Mr. Snuffleupagus, we're going to think you're calling us fat. So don't do that. Like, do not, <laughs> do not vote on Mr. Snuffleupagus or Big Bird. <laughs> you can vote on me as that. I, I don't care about that. Doesn't Mr. Snuffleupagus, isn't he invisible and only certain people no. see him? They found him. They did. I, I remember they found that. Him. I was all, it was like, it was like a, it was my childhood scandal. I know. I was like, no, they found him. real. He's him. here. Yeah. I like the yeah. premise of that, though. So, I yeah, mean, I, I, I don't think that I embody that quality at all. I would say I'm not invisible, that people frequently can find me. So maybe <laughs> I should be more like Mr. Cephalopagus is the moral here. I, I have to remember, it. next time we get together, I'm going to have to show you my DVDs of Sesame Street Old School, where they had, like, the first appearance of the Count, and he is, like, super creepy. Was he? I oh, yeah. made oh, yeah? a Count out of felt. <gasps> Do you still have it? I don't. He kind of oh. fell apart. But I did a Buffy cosplay at one point with <gasps> some friends. We did a Buffy Twilight event that is on YouTube somewhere if people really want to go digging. And we had a Count puppet involved. So. Oh, that's hilarious. It was like the yeah. uh, my favorite episode. It was like Angel a convergence the... of weird vampires. The, 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 the really Angel good. episode where they were all puppets? That was brilliant. Yeah. You know what there needs to be is an awesome Muppets video game. There yeah, needs to be what? like it needs to be a fighting game like Sesame right, Street right. versus versus yes, the like Muppet maybe show. sort of reminiscent yes. of those Lego games, which I actually really enjoy yeah. some of those. Like yeah. something in that style, but with Muppets and sort of kid friendly oh. and cooperative, but with right. the same jokey nature of the Muppets retained in there. That would be really fun. I would totally get on that Telltale or wait, what studio makes that? It's I don't know, but if Telltale made no, a Muppet game, Telltale. that would be cool. Oh, <laughs> it would be know. very different, yeah, but I would dark. still play it. Yeah, yeah. Telltale disturbing. would make like the gritty backstory of the Count, and it would be like more information about the Count than you ever wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> it would be about like how the Count killed his own brother. Right. It would be how did the Count actually get OCD? Why is he so obsessed? Why with is he always Why counting? Is he counting. Yeah. <laughs> So Steve, back when he wasn't sleeping, I would say he embodied Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I, yeah. I was kind of grumpy. I'm better yeah, now. A little bit. Yeah, Aww. but you're okay. What was his friend? The worm, yeah. slimy. Yeah. Oh, I liked slimy. Yeah, too. I was, was definitely cute. Oscar the Grouch last week. I'm better now. <laughs> All right. So I guess <laughs> on that note, can, can I just say one more thing? Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Guys, I'm sure Isometric is going to have a, a lot of new listeners this week because of the unfortunate events. You should go listen to another normal show, like from three weeks ago. This yeah, is please. usually a happy, cheery. We usually have a funny show. Yeah. Right, right. Laughing and so giggling and table tossing. Like, I feel so dead tired today. I can't eat. I'm barely sleeping. I'm, but you have Soylent. I, that's Soylent when you're on the run for your life and can't eat at home. It's actually really awesome. That Soylent oh, has been good. great this week. That is good. Yeah, I, I just want to tell listeners, like, the format of this show, assuming the stuff doesn't keep happening to women in the field, this is not our show. So I just want to say that you can you can find the show notes for this show and every show at five by five TV slash isometric or at isometric show dot com. Uh, you can also go and rate and review the show on iTunes. Yeah, please do that. I love them. We need yep. some love right now. So yeah. that would be yeah. great. Well, we need people to counter. Actually, I was going to ask for oh. listeners to do this. Um, we had HN targeted the Rev60 reviews in the App Store. So oh. if you have not reviewed Revolution 60, I would deeply appreciate you going and countering these people. 
I would consider it a personal favor. Please. And, and on Metacritic as well. Yeah, and on Metacritic. Because on Metacritic, the user rating is somewhere in the toilet. They dropped it down to 0.03 yeah. from, from attacking my game. So. so so anything you can do to help there, both on Metacritic and, and on iTunes. I'll put links to both of those in the show yeah. notes. Thank you, Steve. So and you. yeah, so you can, you can send us uh, feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com or you can... Follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show's account at Isometric Show, and you can follow us individually. Uh, I am at Wicked Good. Bree, if people want to send you kind and thoughtful words and words of encouragement, where can they find you? At this point, my email address is public for everyone. So it's Brianna at GiantSpaceCat.com. And if you want to know where I'm, I am, turn on your TV, your radio, read a newspaper. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. And Maddie, where can where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm Samus Clone on Twitter. And Georgia? Uh, at Georgia underscore death. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening. And hopefully we will be back to normal next week. And uh, have a great week. Mm-hmm.